BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello again, it is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage area and talking to the folks to make these cars go around the racetrack. We are so glad that you have joined us right now. Like and share this. So we can spread the word. You can spread the word if you like what we're doing here on Crew Call. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time winning crew chief, championship winning crew chief, Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Had a great uh, event at Gateway this weekend. We're headed out to Sonoma, a place that's going to be fabulous. It's going to be awesome. It really, truly is. The only way you'd be better is if your name might be Randall Burnett. (laughs) Man, they have, uh, they've got that thing clicking pretty good. Boy, they were impressive. From qualifying to checkered flag, uh, that was that was a pretty strong performance. Yeah, it was. It was. But I don't think, you know, it wasn't so dominant that we knew it was going to be that. Right, correct. I thought it was a great race. We had racing going on everywhere throughout the field. One of the really cool parts, a flat racetrack, different ends, different bankings, different radiuses, long straightaways. Yep. Big challenges, but great racing. We saw comers and goers right we also saw two tires four tires which created comers and goers as well and the last two tire calls were left Left sides which that to me is a crew chief but but i think i think guys had the opportunity to put rights on earlier may have seen that their left side wearers were a little higher and Mm -hmm. they felt like that was the better choice for them al arson did a really good job at hanging on with the with two lefts there for multiple restarts Hung in the top two for most of it and ended up with a solid solid run. Yeah, for what they started. Holy cow. They yeah. were within sight of the uh, leader of getting lapped down at the end of the stage. Yes. So they really recovered well, that's for sure. We had heard um, uh, Alex Hayden had shared with Kim and I. We're, Kim and I were on pit road. Alex had shared a conversation with Paul Wolf and Paul, Paul queued us up. Be, be ready. Keep an eye for some left side tire changes. It might just happen situationally. And sure enough, we, we did see that. And then um, Paul didn't. And Paul didn't have all the, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, fun stuff. Uh, you're Randall Burnett, crew chief for Kyle Busch. You have this rock star, superstar driver that is a big personality, mm-hmm. um, and emotionally, emotionally, everything from the biggest cheerleader to the biggest critic, and it can change within 30 seconds. And we all know that with Kyle and that sort of thing. You get an opportunity to crew chief for this guy, and you're sitting here 15 races in with three wins, uh, matching your total last year with Tyler mm-hmm. Reddick, who was a much different dynamic as far as that goes. I, I think Randall Burnett's got to be sitting here at King of the World, and it was a home track win as well for Randall. He's from Fenton, Missouri. That had to be big as well. He seems to have done a really nice job with this transition. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the chemistry between the two of them has come a long way. I, I felt like at the beginning of the year that this was an opportunity, you know, for them to win races, but I didn't know that it would happen the first half of the season. I really felt like they'd need to get through some races, kind of create the understanding of what Kyle wants out of a race car, how Kyle communicates about what he wants on a race car, out of a race car, and, uh, you know, to have three wins in the first 15 races. And, um, you know, he, somebody said, you know, well, he, he won Talladega because others wrecked, but 
he led the Daytona 500 at 500. That's <laughs> so, right. so let's, yeah. let's just make sure we're honest about this. And whole they thing. would take that first one over the second one. So, um, <laughs> so they've they've been they've had their ups and downs. Sure. Not every race has been great, and that's part of the learning process of learning the the chemistry and the communication piece. But uh, definitely, I would not have picked them to have three wins so far this season. I thought they may have three wins this season. I didn't think it'd be in the first 15. Yeah, they're doing really well, and they're setting themselves up for a great playoff run. Really, truly are. Their short track program is what they're worried about, and uh, we'll see what happens. We've got a couple of those coming up. I think the other thing, and this is where the other one of the other parts of my life comes in. Um, I'm the track announcer on Tuesday night at Millbridge Speedway. Uh, both of their sons race out at Millbridge, and when the season started, they'd roll in, and you'd see them um, somewhere in this spring. Both cars are in the same transporter. They're okay. working side by side. You'll see, you'll see Randall talking to Brexton Bush. You'll see Kyle talking to Tatum Burnett. And again, it's that, it's that find that, find that chemistry where you can spend more time together. I don't yeah. think it's hurt them at all. Yeah, I don't no, think it's hurt that, those relationships and having that friendship between those two, it, it helps them through the tough time and, right. and it makes it even more special in the good time. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, Jonathan Hassler, yeah. your old buddy, Jonathan Hassler. Uh, I don't know. I, what I love about Joey Logano is that he is a fierce competitor. What I saw in Joey Logano was a relieved race car driver that they got a third place finish because it had been since Martinsville, since they've had a top five run. Um, boy, they grounded out. They really worked hard. And uh, Hassler and, and Joey, they, they, they had a pretty solid day, figured out how to, how to get a good finish out of there. So two different cars there. You got the 12 and the 22, but they both uh, they both performed yeah. on on that race. And, uh, you know, Blaney, I thought, was one of the best cars there. I right. thought I yeah. thought he was one of the yeah. three or four with, ha- with Hassler leading the charge. A, a great kind of comeback behind the dominating at, at the Coke 600. And to your point, you know, Paul Wolf talked about two tires being a play. They got themselves some track position. They worked there in the back half of the top 10. But... You know, come money time yeah, and multiple restarts, yeah. Joey goes and hammers it out. Uh, they, they did a really good job. And I think uh, a piece to build forward into would be fun to see what they can do this upcoming week at Sonoma. Yeah, that's what I had Joey's post-race interview. And that's what I got out of it was like, finally, we yep. got something to build on, something to work on. Brake rotors, a big topic out there. Um, you know, when we have an item like this, what, what, what's going on? What do we know? What do we, what do we know? What do we do not, what do we not know at this point? Yeah. The gateway is probably the toughest place on brake rotors that there is. Uh, you know, the, the really big braking event into turn one, yeah. pretty big one into turn three, but I mean, big on both ends, but long straightaways, you know, this is, I would say, you know, this is kind of a flatter Darlington. So there's more banking mm-hmm. or more, more braking to it. Uh, has some Phoenix characteristics, but those long straightaways and how you cool them, how you use them, I think I saw upwards of 800 PSI of brake pressure. That's that's like road course brake pressure into turn one, and it's had a lot of cooling on it straightaway. Um, so there's there's these thermal cycles within it. Right. The other part is is you know with the crew chiefs, that's the one place we can still tape the car up and make aerodynamic gains. Is how limited you are on the cooling that goes to the brakes. I've I've had a couple failures. I can speak to that. I I failed a rotor at Nashville with Ryan Blaney. I think in 2020, I was mad at myself because I brought a lighter brake package than I knew I needed to run. Uh, in in retrospect, I I I made the wrong choice. I, I had a problem with uh, Joey at, at Kentucky back. I think it was 17. But uh, um, usually it's you know there there are places where your car gets off and you start to use more brake because uh-huh. it's not handling well. And we as crew chiefs are always trying to maximize so we're taping that up 
to the car being in the box that we expect it to be. That's it needs this much cooling. You know, we'll work through that. But then when you get in a situation where the car is a little ill, it's loose in, so I'm really on the brakes. Where and you're, and you're, then we're using more and we're not having enough cooling for it. One, when I've had failures, the rotors themselves will grow from the temperature. They actually grow in diameter. And, really? and they'll grow, if they grow to the point where they get into the inside annulus of the, of the caliper, once it touches there and starts that, 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 it's a runaway train at that point. And I think from some of the pieces I saw, it looked like the outer, outside of the rotors, uh, the pieces that broke yeah, no, no. had been, had been polished. So, um, I can't speak for what happened, but I know it's, this is the toughest place for it. Tougher than any road course we go to because we have multiple braking events. Yeah. So you don't have that long dwell between the right. big braking events. So it's the, it's the up and down of the temperature. That it's up the, and down and, and overall temperature in, in those ranges. And, and if it gets to the point that it, you know, we actually, mm. the caliper will be mounted higher, like a hundred thousandths off of the rotor. So the rotor's got some room to grow, but if it ends up where the rotor gets to the caliper, it's pretty much a runaway then day. Then you're done, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just a tough place. And we saw Kevin Harvick have a failure with four laps to go last year at Gateway. And, right. and I, I talked to the AP guys. They were concerned about that, trying to understand it, trying to make sure they could educate people. But it's a tough box to be in. And, and the guys could run. There's two different brake packages. They could run the intermediate package or the short track package. And that's, a chief, again, a crew chief decision. So. Mm. It's it's a challenge, especially in today's environment. You know yep. where we where we we're limited on how much we get to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to Travis Mack. We're going to ask him about that as well because yeah. I want to get his take on it as well as uh, as as a guy that managed it well this weekend. So mm -hmm. uh, he's going to be our guest here. Uh, Travis Mack going to join us from Trackhouse Racing. Real two quick ones here. Truck Series, Grant Enfinger, Jeff Hensley. Um, I'm telling you, Jeff Hensley is. Man, if I'm starting a truck team, he's on a short list of people I'm going to get to lead the team. They have really got that truck for Grand Infinger going second win in the last five races. They are really, really solid. They put together a great effort. It's always good to see. And, and Jeff's just salt of the earth people. Yep. It really truly is. Yeah, definitely. And, and having a good impact across the board there, you know, yeah. with, with all of them. I think a, a great mix there with, with Grant and then with Raja. With Raja and, and, yep. And, um, Daniel Dye. Daniel yes, Dye. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, the kids I want to call there. him DD, and yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. The kids up there, he does a good job. Jeff is a really, really good guy. And at Portland, it was Cole Custer and Jonathan Tony, his career first crew chief win. So uh, how about that for Cole Custer? Good to see our MRN colleague at time, Cole Custer. Yeah. He's one of our analysts that gets in the booth with us every once in a while. So uh, let's do this. Let's step away a little bit. We just mentioned it. Travis Mack from over at Trackhouse Racing. He joins us next. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Welcome back to Crew Call. Todd Gordon and Steve Post hanging out here talking NASCAR racing. And let's go over to Trackhouse Racing, one of our favorite guys to chit-chat with motorsports about. Travis Mack, crew chief on the number 99 Daniel Suarez car joins us. Hello, Travis. How are you? Good, guys. How are you doing? Good to be here. We are, we are doing well, that is for sure. 15 races in, the state of the number 99 car. Uh, what's the state of the union over there? How are you feeling about your efforts so far? 
I, you know, it's a lot better than what our points are showing and uh, the results we've been having. But um, we feel like our cars have been really fast every single week. And we just haven't had the luck the last couple months. You know, we started the year really strong with much top 10s in a row. And then um, since then, you know, we haven't had a top 10. You know, we feel like we've been, we've had cars capable of running top five, top 10 every single week right off the truck. But um, finally, we put it all together this weekend in Gateway and uh, came home with a great day. Yeah, it definitely uh, put you back in the points window. You talked about, you know, <clears throat> having speed. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead in my notes here, but I feel like this is 20, my, from my view, this is 2022 all over again. And I feel like this is about the time of the year that you had some execution issues last year. If you look at the points, you've scored similar amounts of points as last year. You're in a better points position, 16th in points, and, and, and in the playoffs as we, as we are. Talk about where you are and, and what you see coming forward. Yeah, you know, comparing to 2022 stats, uh, you know, we compare all those stats as well. We've actually had faster cars this year and have finishing worse. Last year, we had a little bit slower cars and we were finishing better. So um, we, internally, we feel like our cars are better. We're faster. The team is clicking on all cylinders. Um, everything's working better this year together. You know, our qualifying has been a lot better this year. Uh, our average run position has been better. You know, our speeds, our speed is there. Um, our finishes have not been there. You know, we've gotten caught up in other people's mess. Uh, stuff has happened to us that out of our control. So we try to control the things that we can control. And that's bringing fast race cars to the track and having great pit stops and road crews doing a great job. Um, cars are staying together. So uh, we'll try to control the things we can control and keep doing the things that we do. And uh, that's bringing fast cars for Daniel to do what he does best. And you talked about this weekend, kind of putting one together and, and, and coming out of there with a solid weekend. Uh, you know, talk about gateway, the challenges there, double shifting both straightaways. Some guys were and, and breaks and, and just the challenges of gateway and, and the racing it puts on. Yeah. You know, the track is extremely difficult. Um, you know, since I've been with Daniel for this, is my third year with Daniel, we knew that road, our, you know, short tracks was sort of our weakness. And we really took it upon ourselves about a year ago to uh, let's, let's figure the short track program out. Let's, let's give Daniel what he needs to run good at short tracks. And that's not necessarily what Ross Chastain needs. That's not what Kyle Larson needs. It's we wanted to work with Daniel to figure out what he wants to feel at real courses or at short tracks. And I think we've hit on something this year. You know, our short track program this year has really stepped up. I think we're averaging at least 10 to 15 better uh, finishing positions at short tracks this year. So um, I feel like our short track program is at a place now where we could compete for wins and uh, come out with top fives at every short track we go to. Without getting into too much detail, as far as I go, what types of things does your driver, maybe are there, are there, what types of things uh, were a little different than what, what you've traditionally dealt with or, or maybe what Ross does? You know, over the years, Daniel's been at some really great companies who have really great short track programs. You know, he's, he was at Gibbs. Guys were winning at Gibbs there. He was trying to run their setups and it necessarily wasn't working for him. He was at Stuart Haas when Harvick and those guys were dominating short tracks and the setups weren't really working for him. So, you know, over the last couple of years, we've tried other guys' setups. We try to show up the same as Ross and 
Daniel wants to feel something a little different. I think Daniel could drive a looser race car at short tracks than what people put on that he could do. He, you know, we ch- worked on his brake package for him. You know, he's extremely good at sh- uh, road courses. So we kind of carried over some of the stuff from road courses to short track program. And then this car has just made it even better for him. So, um, you know, he wants to have secure entry. He wants to be able to turn in the middle and get off the corner. So I think that's everybody's call, but how we get there, it might be a little different than maybe somebody else gets there. That, that focusing on the peculiar things that your driver wants. I went through that in 2013 with Joey Logano after he came out of the Gibbs camp. And, and it really was very successful. Not not doing what other people were doing, but doing what we want to do. It's, great, it's a great recipe. And obviously, you're seeing success out of it. When we talk about success, road course stuff is a strength for you. Coming back to Sonoma, place that you won last year, really in, in, in strong, strong uh, style. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great event for you. I felt like I felt like many of the road courses were good for you last year, but you got to have a lot of confidence heading to Sonoma this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, we do. Um, Daniel's really pumped up about this weekend. You know, all every road course we feel the same way. Um, we're trying not to put too much emphasis on it. Just don't get ourselves too excited. Uh, don't get too down. Don't get highs and lows. Just stay neutral. We know we preach a neutral mindset. So I don't want to go into this weekend treating it any different than we did gateway last week, you know, just go there with a solid car. And last year after practice Saturday, you know, Daniel called me Saturday night and he was like, you know, I I think we're a fifth place car. And I said, Daniel, you know, we're not going to abort what we believe in and what, you know, you're, you're decently happy with the car. Let's don't overhaul the car and end up with the 10th place car. Let's, let's go into the race with the top five car and race our race let other guys take themselves out of it and that's what we did and we made the car better a little bit better overnight and then throughout the race we kept making it a little bit better yet so we'll do that again you know let's go there with the top five car and you could win from fifth place you know you could go into these races and just like gateway you know we feel like we had a fifth place car going in and you know the right circumstance the right restart we could have had a chance to win that thing so uh, just go there, run top five, fifth to eighth. I always say is the sweet spot. If you're running fifth to eighth every single week, you can have chances, and you're going to back into some wins. And uh, we're going to go to Sonoma and do everything we did last year. Hopefully, we made the car better in a year. But I'm sure everybody else has done the same. You, uh, you, you, you talk about going to Sonoma and doing the same things as last year. This is the race strategy. I think may change up. This is a place that I felt like taking away the cautions at the stage ends, it would have more of an impact on the place. I, I think I looked at it, top seven cars were all on the same three-stop strategy last year, just before stage one, just before stage two, somewhere around lap 80. Uh, you guys obviously were the winner of that and, and did that. How do you think the, the, the not having that stage caution will change how this race is, is? And do you see the two versus three-stop strategies that we used to run back in the early teens coming back into play? Absolutely. I think, um, I think the no stages for Sonoma is going to make it way more interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's tricky, you know, you're going for those stage points of stage win, but you're also putting yourself, making yourself vulnerable with a caution. So those guys shorted a little bit, give up their stage points and, you know, you're trying to stay out there and get some stage points and a caution comes out, you know, you're going to lose all your track position. So very finicky how you call the race you know i think we're gonna have to go there and be aggressive and knowing that we have a shot to win this thing so i feel like we're gonna go there and uh, try to come out of there with a win you know we might give up some stage points here or there but um 
who knows? We'll look at it. You know, it's going to be a lot about tire fall off. Um, what's I think there's going to be a lot of different strategies. You can have guys on two, you're going to have guys on three, and it's going to make for an exciting race for sure. You mentioned tire fall off. It used to be back in the day when we had two road courses. We had Sonoma and Watkins Glen. We had the short track and the super speedway of road courses. Well, now, obviously, it's far more convoluted, but but this short track, grip, tires, what are the challenges? What are the big challenges you have to, to create speed around Sonoma? Yeah, I, you want to make a lot of grip, but, um, you know, you got to be good on the long run as well. So Daniel's one of the best at saving his tires and knowing when to push and when not to. You know, last year, he kind of kept the 17 to our bumper, you know, the first 20 laps or 10 laps or so after a run. And he was making me nervous, you know, but he said he was con- just controlling that gap to the guy behind him and making that guy burn up his stuff. And um, he knew what he was doing. And, you know, he only pushes as hard as he needs to. Uh, I think you saw that in North Wilkesboro. He did a great job there yeah. saving the tires. Um, even on the rain stuff, you know, he got the lead and really controlled his tires and our tires came off the car and they looked great. And you saw other guys, their tires were burned up and blistered and coming apart. So, um, he's really good. He's always been really good at long run speed cars. And, um, we'll just take that for what it is. And, uh, we'll uh, build the setup around him and what he needs to feel. Yeah. It's, that's really cool. And it's great to see somebody have that savvy to, to work yeah. their way through that, especially at these, these fall off racetracks where you, you have a lot, a lot of lap time degradation. Um, as, as you look at where you are right now without a win, um, how does, what do we have? We have like 11 races left in the regular season. How do you play the balance between chasing a win and chasing points? You talked about maybe giving up stage points cause you got an opportunity to win here. How do you handle that the rest of the, the regular season? Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, you know, the thing that fixes that is fast race cars and, um, you know, that gateway showed that, you know, we score stage points each time and. Uh, we never really chased the two tire stuff just because we were having a decent day. We just want to come out of there with a good day. We didn't want to jeopardize anything. You know, Martinsville, we had a great day. We were going to finish top five, top eight. And, you know, at the end of the race, we tried a two tire call and it just didn't work out for us. So, you know, we carried that over to Gateway and we stuck to the four tire strategy, wanted to be on the offense instead of the defense. And, um, you know, road courses are a tricky one because, you know, you could go there and score a lot of stage points, and but you're going to give up your win. So, um, we have a fast race car. We'll be able to do what we want to do, try to go for the win, and we'll still score some stage points, maybe not the stage wins, but um, we could definitely come out there with a lot of points. I just got off the phone with one of our radio stations, and I said, you know, there'll be a lot of beating and banging out there, that little racetrack and everything, and then I got thinking, the beating and banging at the racetrack will be nothing like the run to the airport because we are going into an <laughs> off weekend. Your only off weekend. Just kind of describe uh, the sense around the shop. You know, get done at Sonoma. What the what the what the the vibe is. What the hours are. How that how you work into the off weekend when we get done at Sonoma. Man, you know, I'm excited for the off week. Um, wife was asking me last week. She's like asking me how many days I've actually taken off this year, and I couldn't I couldn't count. You know, on three fingers. It's like couldn't tell you the last time I took a day off. You know, it's. It's been busy. It's been enjoyable. You know, we get out of here at a decent time every day, but for about having a day off, you know, there's not many days that we get completely off. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm going to take the uh, family and my kids down to Mexico for a week. Awesome. So I'm excited about that, you know, taking them down to an all inclusive resort. And first time we'll be taking them out of the country. So that would be exciting. Um, 
Yeah, but there's still a lot going on. You know, I'll definitely be taking my computer with me and <laughs> answering my emails. You know, NASCAR's come out with a lot of updates with chassis coming and there's definitely a lot going on. We got the one car going to a Bristol test the Tuesday, Wednesday after the off week. Uh, we have a Texas test coming up in a few weeks after that. So, uh, uh busy, busy, but, uh, we're going to try to enjoy a few days. And, and then I think having that computer with you, you come back to Nashville, which is kind of a special racetrack for your owner, owner, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's going to be our home turf. You know, we call it our home field and, um, yeah, we want to come back there and have a good showing, you know, it kind of race unique racetrack, uh, kind of in between a short track intermediate, you know, kind of car and the brakes are always an issue, you know, concern last year, we, we had practice sessions and we had brake issues with both styles of brakes. And we're still, you know, unsure, like just like gateway, it's very, very touchy on if you get them too hot, too cold. I'm not really sure why right now we're trying to understand the rotors and the exploding of the rotors. And we know we could get them too hot, and, but we could also cool them off way too much. And that's when they start to crack and get some vibrations as well. So we've been on both sides of it. Luckily a gateway, we hit it. Um, we had it under control. The brakes looked really good after the race. And um, hopefully we go to Nashville and make the right decisions there. And we'll have a uh, brake pedal the whole race, no vibrations and keep everything together. And, come home with a good finish. Yeah, yeah, boy, it's fast. When we when we have something like this, a particular part of the car, and this time it's brake rotors, and we've had other times where it's other elements of it, um, is it, in, in this next generation race car may be different as well. How do you attack that with, I mean, is it more simulation? Is it communication, obviously, with the manufacturers, communication with your teammates, your, your manufacturer mates? How do you attack it in this era? It's really tough because, you know, used to, you, you would just do testing, you know, you yeah. would do more testing. Um, you would have practice sessions to see where your brake temps come in. You know, you could be able to put new rotors on after practice going into the race. You know, you could look at things like that. You could adjust for it. But now you kind of show up with what you got. You know, I can't adjust brake pads. I can't adjust the banding of the rotors to control the heat going through the rotors. Uh, cool. I could adjust the tape on the nose, but, you know, if you get 10 laps during practice you don't really get the car up to temperature you're running clean air you're not in traffic um so it's it's very touchy you know it's you want to try to get as much downforce as you can keeping as much tape on the nose as you can but then again you don't want your brakes coming apart either so uh i think i believe richmond i cooled them too much and we had a vibration and then you know we're, we're on the verge of cooling them getting them too hot some other places so uh, it's definitely a fine line with this car and uh, we're, we're still trying to understand that and we're trying to get better every time. Final question for you before we get you out of here uh, and you talked about taking the family out to uh, Mexico. You and I chatted actually at uh, Gateway. Um, you did a personal great video. You and one of your daughters in the car singing. I'm, I'm a girl dad. You're a girl dad. Um, how are the girls? What are they into? I think they're, 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 they're nine or ten, seven or eight years old. What, what are the girls into beyond, beyond uh, singing songs in the car on the way to school with dad? <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, seven and nine now. You know, they're into everything. You know, this they just got out for the summer and dance. They dance a lot. Um, I think my oldest one's dancing about 10 hours a week competition. And wow. the youngest one's right there behind her. And now they're in the swim class. And um, they have a very busy summer. You know, <laughs> I think they're on a lot of vacations this summer. Uh, going with my parents and the wife's parents and 
you know, they're going to the beach several different times with some family. So they have a great summer planned ahead. And, you know, I'll, I'll have a busy summer working and I'll see them when I can. And I'm excited that they get to do different things with family members. And uh, next week we'll be looking forward to our time together. That is awesome. That is awesome. As a girl dad who's gone through that drill every summer, it's nice to see them have fun. And, and when we get to participate, it's great too. Travis, we wish you the best headed back to Sonoma. And uh, thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. There we go. Travis Mack from the number 99 team over at Trackhouse Racing. Stay with us. More Crew Call in just a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Post. And uh, boy, always uh, the insight Travis Mack gives us is always so good. He's just, he's he's another one of those guys that can can take crew chief knowledge and put it into uh, radio guy English. I always enjoy that about Travis. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy and, and, and doing a great job there. I, I loved what he talked about, about, you know, how he and Daniel attack short track racing and yeah. not trying to do it like everybody else. It's one of those things that I think at times we try to pigeonhole drivers and, and you've got to listen to what they need out of the race car and um, see that work out this weekend at Gateway. Uh, solid run for those guys. Um, it, it's interesting to see where the summer swing goes too, because it talks about Daniel being able to, 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 you know, take care of tires and manage mm-hmm. tires and how he managed the race last year. It was, it was really interesting. I remember Chris Bush, you're pressuring and pressuring and pressuring him, but he had to get it in the first 15 laps. I thought, I thought Chris was better, but Daniel's actually smart enough to back up to him yeah. to make him use his Keep stuff pressure, up. Like that's, yeah. that's another level. And, and I don't think a lot of people understand that out of, out of some of these racers. But it uh, um, be interesting to see where Daniel goes with this, this run through the summer. It's uh, got a lot of good racetracks coming up for him. The dynamic of a team is always fascinating to me. And, and, and Todd, you know this. There's, there's really two teams. There's the road crew mm-hmm. and the pit crew. Yes. And we, a lot of times, we a lot of times lump those all together. And there are some instances where they're totally separate. I mean, the goal is to get them all working together and everything. Daniel has gone out of his way. The, the, the driver road crew relationship is easy to establish or easier to establish because of the time spent together. Yep. Back in the day with three days of practice and everything, you, that was your family. Daniel has been, I've talked to him about it, also worked with that road crew family as well, and maybe has among the better relationships. You talk to those crew guys, they know that they've had a lot of other drivers and they know Daniel better than everyone. I just, he's done a nice job managing those relationships that are, that are all integral parts of this thing when it comes to battle time. You need those guys on board and totally supportive to be successful. And, and you have to have those good relationships. So uh, great to see that Daniel's able to to do that. And, and those are things that it's not just show up and drive the race car. It's create the culture, create the environment mm-hmm. that everybody's there. And if they've got your back, you're going to do great things. And, and um, it's going to be fun to watch what this 99 group does coming forward. All right. Crew chief, you're going to Sonoma. We heard Travis talk about it. Old worn out, short track, 
to hang on the stage break changes no stage break as far as the cautions goes what are you what are you what are you putting on what are you looking at uh if, if, if your crew chief in a car going out there this weekend hey i'm i'm, I'm kind of excited this about is, it yeah. because uh because <laughs> yeah. we don't have the stage cautions we still have the stage points that right. are that are they're laid out at lap 25 and 55 right so there's still those two points that are in there but if you look at this race if i'm running up front i think i think i'm I think I'm a little different than Travis talked about, and he may be by the time he gets it all done, but I think I run past 25. I probably pit at 26 because that's still on the front side. That's still right there about that window of where you want to be. 110 lap race. Mm -hmm. So if you break that up into four pieces, then I want to be about 27, 28 laps. So that first stop, I'm going to come after after I get the points at 26, 27. Now, if a caution happens right there, I'm buried by it. But I can go to that. If I want to do it in three, I, I'm, I'm at 27, I'm at 54 or five, or uh, I probably go yeah. 57 so that I'm on the other side of getting the points there, points there. And I split it again. I think there will be guys we've not, I, I think there'll be guys that'll two stop this race. Really? I do. I, I mean, back in the day we would, we'd actually take power away to set ourselves up to be able to make yeah, that. Yeah. The fuel capacity of this car is a little bit bigger than what our old, old car so was. It's a couple more it. gallons, which plays into it. This is a pretty, I think, a pretty easy two-stop race. It'll be fun to see who, who does what. And whether that first stop happens, I, the math I've done, now I'm not in all the know, but I think that 22-23 is about where you can split the, the rest of the race from. I think some guys will go to 32 or 3 go and try to, do it, try to do it so it's three equal segments with the two stops because you'll have to wait on fuel if you go that far into it. They want to eliminate how much they have to win the field. So it'll be fun to watch what happens. And, and then cautions can throw all those strategies into it. Yeah, you have the best laid spin. plan, and then somebody does something crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at it, I would say I'd split it into three equals. I'd be at like 35, 35, 30, right, whatever right. it is, 36 or 7. Uh, but that window from when everybody stops at 22 to 27 to 35, yeah. Seven. There's a ta- ten lap window. A caution comes out. You bury yourself. You bury yourself. So I, it's risk well, and reward. Well, you how you want to play it, and the best strategy won't be known until you see how the race plays out. Right. Exactly. Fast car and where you're at in the points pecking order. Also, you yeah. know, with wins, with wins, you can change the, the the strategy as far as stage points go. You're on that cusp. Twenty two. You may say, well, I'm going to go to twenty six if I'm running up front. Fast car. Yeah, good stuff. And if you're outside the points, you sh- you short right. them at 22 or 23. You've got four laps that you're two seconds faster than they are. You'll jump ahead of. I mean, if you've got three laps that you you yeah. you jump those guys, jump that's those guys. six seconds. You'll move yourself forward in the running order. So there's there's a plenty of opportunities. God, I love the fact awesome. we don't have a break. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna be awesome. This is this is one where it plays out. I mean, it's gonna play out at all the road courses, but this is one maybe more dramatically yes. because of all the options. Yep. Good stuff. That is for sure. Our friends at Performance Racing Network have the coverage out at Sonoma all this weekend with the Xfinity Series. NASCAR Xfinity Series, first time ever at Sonoma. 
Pretty cool stuff. Yes. And then uh, and then the Cup Series as well. Uh, Motor Racing Network, we have a lot going on around here. Weekly shows, NASCAR Live, Tuesday night with Mike Bagley. NASCAR Live, wide open. Our podcast version drops on Thursday. NASCAR Coast to Coast, Kyle Ricky and Chris Wilner. They talk about the roots, the short tracks of the sport. Wing Nation, myself and Aaron Evernham and Ashley Strummy, we talk about sprint cars. And, of course, this is Crew Call here. You can find it all on MRN.com or wherever platform or wherever podcasts, whatever platforms podcasts are on. And we always ask, please share and like, please share and like. If you like what we do here, please spread the word. That helps get the numbers and get other people to see this stuff as well. So fun, fun stuff, that's for sure. So um, Sonoma, off weekend, Nashville, that's a pretty good combination for the, for the, for the teams. Yes. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. You, as you said, the, the, the rental car <laughs> return from Sonoma to the airport to get home for the off week. There might uh, be some fenders dinged up on that one. <laughs> yeah, there might be one or two, but it's uh, it's it's always fun to get out there to Sonoma. It's kind yeah. of a cool part of the country. Love it uh, and a great race. And and uh, you know, typically you're not racing against weather, but who knows what can happen? These days, but, yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we weren't supposed to be racing against weather at Gateway. And, yeah, so. and, yeah. We'll see where um, it goes. Yeah, it's been fun. The Xfinity Series team, some of them, uh, Jason Trincheri is a Facebook friend of mine, yep. and they actually came down to Saint San Francisco from Portland, and they've been doing sightseeing and everything. It's been cool. Good stuff. Be a few cup drivers that try to run that Xfinity race on Saturday. Yeah, they will. Yes, they will. That's for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. And again, our friends at Performance Racing Network have it. We appreciate Travis Mack from over at Trackhouse Racing joining us. More important, though, than all of that, we thank you for joining us here this week on MRN's Crew Call. <laughs>